Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome once again to yet another episode of the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I'm here with yet another high demand coach. That is Kristen Recupero. Now, Kristen is fueled by her passion to help others succeed and become financially free. Kristen's a a professional financial coach and a profit-first certified coach who specializes in helping small business owners, entrepreneurs, and driven professionals to develop and strengthen their money management skills, eliminate debt, and create cash flow systems to maximize profit and ultimately build wealth. By developing specific action plans that are tailored to each client's needs, values, and goals, it allows them to live and retire in ways that they only could dream of. So Kristen, I'd I'd love to dive into that. There's so much to to talk about there. And and I mean, I just love what you do. I love, love, love what you do. Before we get to any of that, though, uh, first off, welcome to the show. And why don't we just start with your story? How did you get into what you do uh, and why? Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much again. Thank you for having me, Scott. So it's always a long story, right? And I'll try to keep it as concise as possible. But you know, back in 2013, my husband and I were not married. I was single. I was making a good income. I was a standard W-2 worker. And um, I had no money to show for it. I had nothing to show for it. I was in debt. I was overwhelmed. I was stressed out by finances, all of the things. So I went through my own personal finance journey at that time, 2013, um, roughly to 14, getting out of debt, learning how to manage my money, that it wasn't just that theoretical, oh, I have enough. There should be money left over. I should be able to save, do all these things. And there was never any money left over. Um, So you can fast forward into 2016 when I had my son. Um, I knew that I was made for more than I was doing for other people. So I had gone to college for restaurant institutional management, um, Penn State grad, was doing a lot of great things. But I wasn't fulfilled whatsoever. And I knew it evoked all of these emotions in me as a mother. I'm like, okay, I have to do more. Um, my husband also has a small business and it was kind of go to work for him or come out on my own and do something. And really, I didn't see anybody talking about personal finances. Honestly, I didn't know if I could make money doing this. How do you charge people to help them with their money, right? Um, there were a lot of hurdles to get over, a lot of mindset hurdles there. But that's how it all started. I was like, I think I can do this. So I started helping family and friends and just kind of started seeing if it was a thing. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. You have to talk to X, Y, Z. And it kind of went on from there until I left my job then in 2018 and went full-time in my business. Wow. 
Fantastic. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I love that you're able to just bring forward like, hey, this is my journey. How can this journey help other people? Uh, it's just the it's a classic coach story, but it's an important one, right? Because it's not just coming from, you know, hey, I want to make money off of this. It's, hey, I want to make an impact in people's lives. Uh, and and here's how we do it. So uh, you brought up an interesting point, and I actually saw this on your website ahead of time, but I'd, I'd love to pick your brain on it. Uh, folks who uh, are struggling with money, right? You've got an interesting conundrum uh, in your profession, and that is the ones who would pay you money are the ones who are struggling with money. So h- how do you how do you help people get through that you know, why would I pay someone to help with money when I don't have any money in the first place? Or, or at least that's how it feels. Sure. Well, and you hit that nail on the head. A lot of time, a lot of times, not all the time, it's how it feels. Um, the truth is that we spend money on things we value. And so a lot of times it's just in those conversations with clients and about what they're doing, what their dreams are. I know that I can help them achieve their dreams and goals a lot faster. I know that if I had somebody beside me and walking along that I probably could have done it in half the time. And obviously now we're having worked with hundreds of clients. I've seen the difference where they've struggled for years on end and then they decide that they finally need to reach out for help. And we start making progress within the first two to three months. So, you know, there's a lot there, but really talking to somebody and seeing what their lifestyle is like, because most of my clients, to be honest, if they're not a small business owner, they're making a pretty good income. A lot of them are classified as high income earners and they're making over 250,000 a year. So they may not feel like they have money, but we can dive into finding if this is something they value and they want to get ahead further and faster in life so that they can get out of that hole and that feeling then it's something that they're ready to make that leap on. Uh, yeah. So there's this common misconception that I bump into a lot with, especially in the small business owners, it doesn't necessarily go away, but there's this idea that like you can sell your way out of financial trouble, right? <laughs> like if I can just get the business bigger, if I can you know, close this next deal or if I can, right? So what do you say to that person who who's coming in and you know they're they're in that mode of just they're they're hustling and grinding because they're trying to sell their way to the uh, to success, if you will. Yes. Well, number one, I hear that over and over. That is the classic client that I work with, right? It's like they may have started out at six figures and like, well, I figured when I got to X Y Z, right? I got to one hundred and fifty thousand or two hundred thousand that it would be awesome, be gravy. But they find themselves in that same boat because of the business lifestyle creep. The more revenue we take on, the more clients we take on, we find that we need the more support. And we're ne- if we're never sure about where our numbers are, what we're doing, we're never sure where to start limiting it. So, you know, what I want to let them know is that it can be better. Honestly, the the biggest thing about what I do is designing your life around your business rather than your business around your life, because that is classic business owner. We get into business for the freedom that it will give us, right? The freedom we can have with our families, with our future, with travel. But then we actually end up feeling so much more tied down and restricted and we're working nights. And there's a classic meme out there. I quit my nine to five to work 24 seven. And I think that's true for so many business owners. But when we know our numbers, when we can reverse engineer how many clients we need to hit these goals, when we know what that bottom line profitability or what our pricing needs to be, we can take a step back and pause and say, okay, I mentally, I, I have enough financially to do what I need to do. Is this where I want to be? Yeah. And it can be really freeing. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so true. So because I think a lot of folks approach um, their business as you know as the income side of things, right? Uh, but I find it interesting, and you know, the the work that you use and, and everything. But it's this idea of profit first, right? I was mm-hmm. like, wait a second. I thought profit was at the bottom, right? Uh, the bottom line of the organization. So profit last. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how how do you end up with profit first? What does that look like for a business owner? Sure. So the idea behind profit first is that we're flipping the script. So instead of taking our sales, which is a bit, you don't have a business if you don't have sales. So we need that. But taking our sales minus our expenses and taking what's left over equals our profit. The idea behind Profit First is that we're flipping the script and we're really looking at our sales minus that profit, kicking some money aside, making sure that we're prioritizing extra choices, life paying ourselves. Because, I mean, that can get really deep as far as when we talk profit, if we're talking classic, you know, what kind of structure are you? But we want to make sure that our operating expenses are what's left over. And it's the same in our personal life to, to even it out that... The idea of paying yourself first is that put money into your 401k, put it into your savings, do these things that are important for your future, for yourself, for building wealth, and then live on what's left over. And so we want to live our business on what's left over rather than making those decisions from haste about what we need, quote unquote, to grow. There's so many times when we spend money in a business and there are expenses and there are investments and there can be a fine line between those things. We want to make sure that we're making investments in our business so that it can help us grow and really be asking ourselves the questions instead of, you know, do I need a new desk or a new chair? You know, what can I level up in my looks? Going backwards and saying, what can I level up so I can have more time? May I invest in a coach, a system, a process? Um, and, and it might be a thing that is going to help you get that time or a better client um, experience. But those are the things we want to be investing into where we're getting a return on that in the revenue area as well. So if you were to kind of take the, the whole, you've worked with lots of folks now, many of them business owners, uh, and uh, presumably they're all struggling with this, not having the profitability that they want out of their organization. So what do you find are some of the the you know the easiest things to solve for? Because you've been able to pr- produce some rapid results for folks. What do you find are some of the easiest wins for, for business leaders in particular? So that's a really good question. Um, one of the easiest wins or the easiest things that people can do is just starting out by using some of those extra accounts. Um, that's the main premise behind Profit First specifically is that we're using extra accounts to leverage Parkinson's law so that rather than seeing 50,000 or 100,000 in a bank account at one time and wondering and thinking we can go live high on the hog and do all of the things, we're separating them out so that we see that maybe we have 20,000 to be able to pay ourselves and 10,000 in the operating and, and so much in the profit. So even just starting out by implementing one or two additional accounts so that you can cut down the size of what you're looking at can be a huge rewarding win to begin with and just getting it separated. Another one is getting the personal expenses separated from the business. And truthfully, I deal on this on every level. It's from the solopreneur up to my clients who are running four and $5 million businesses where they still, if they never learned how to separate that and the business always kind of paid for things, getting that separated so that we can truly decide and figure out what 
it takes to operate their life, what it takes to operate their business. We not only help them become more profitable as a business, but we also start to position them in a better place to be able to be to sell, to be sellable, because that's going to be a huge part about somebody coming in to look at that and saying, well, what's in it for me? So we start to position them to really look at their generational legacies and their wealth building tools and their future. Yeah. Because there's a progression that happens. Yeah. And and it's 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 almost a little funny how it happens. And it was a conversation I was just having with a client today, but uh the the focus early on is profit, right? If you don't have profit, then things not worth it in the first place. So you've got to sell to get profit, you gotta, et cetera, et cetera. So there's this drive profit, profit, profit. And then all of a sudden tax time comes and it's like, whoa, hold on a second. So uh, there's lots of folks out there who specialize in tax reduction strategies, right? Now, what I found though, is that if we're not careful, we can start to apply tax reduction strategies that are profit reduction strategies. So how do you help folks kind of navigate like it will, you know, and the reason I bring I, my mind went here is a lot of times people will use the kind of personal expense inside the business as a tax strategy, right? Right. Yes. Wrongfully. Uh, but what do you say to the person who's struggling of like, uh, I'm, do I choose the tax thing or do I choose the profit thing? Yes. So a lot of times I help facilitate these conversations also between the business owners and their accountants because not there's not a lot of people who help with the cash flow piece and if we're not careful the accountant come december can take that cash and deplete it from the business and maybe the business owner like i work with a lot of field service that january february is not their high time and so they need to preserve some level of cash in order to survive without going back into debt and that ver- that vicious cycle again so um i do help facilitate that conversation quite a bit with the accountants and what we're looking at but we never want to make a decision based on taxes we want to take every tax strategy available to us but there are a ton that aren't necessarily about reducing all of that cash flow um with that being said when we take that owner's account into play we do move things that are realistic like if they're paying their health insurance and it's realistic per their accountant to be having that come out of the business absolutely we're going to make that a business expense um and so it really it's a case by case per person per business per strategy and their accountant's risk level of what we're looking at um but we never want to make that decision is let's say the old standard go buy a car in order to save the taxes and you don't need a car and it has nothing to do with your business. And there's a lot of other things you could do. So what I like to drive people towards is thinking about, is there something we can do that's going to benefit your future? Do you already have a 401k, a simple IRA, a solo 401 or something of that level in your business that you can actually put more money to yourself and not the government? So it's a win-win for a lot of people. Um, are you, you know, do you have children and are you maximizing those things? And is your accountant on board for that? Or do you actually use them in the business? Can you hire them? And so I try to talk to them about some of these other strategies that can be used that can be a win-win for them, but not deplete the cash flow. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I love that. Uh now, so having the opportunity to work with both business owners and uh high income individuals, you know, employees. Uh, I'd be interested to know, what would you say is different about those two groups? What are the financial challenges or advantages, either one, that business owners have that are unique to that environment and not shared by others? 
Well, I think that, I mean, business owners have the potential for unlimited income, right? We Business owners have a ton more tax advantages and tax strategies available to them. You can take a high income earner and a family who's making three, four, five hundred thousand, and they can't use the, some of the same tax strategies as somebody who owns a business. So, you know, <laughs> one of the accountants that I work with, she's like, just don't even send them for tax strategy if if they don't have a side hustle, a business, a, a something that we can't use because it won't be as effective. Hmm. So that definitely is one pro or con any way you want to look at it. On the other hand, though, so many business owners don't know how to pay themselves on a regular basis, a consistent basis. So they can be envious of even their own employees who they're paying and paying well and they're over here kind of taking what's left over, um, see if there's profits at the end of the year, and then trying to work with that for the rest of their year or a six-month process. Mm. So I think it depends that on for some people, the grass is always greener on the other side. But we can take those business owners and really make, we can teach them how to pay themselves consistently, how to grow that, how to do all those things um, if they're willing to make sometimes a few changes. Got it. So uh, interesting question that I have for you is who do you think needs a financial coach? Uh, is it everybody? Is it, you know, people in a specific challenge or circumstance? Uh, I'd love to know who who do you think needs a, a financial coach? Yeah. So, I mean, quite honestly, when I first started, I just thought it was people who who were in debt. That was my scenario. That was who was coming to me at that time. And that's who I think I spoke to. But the longer I've been at this game, the more people I've worked with in all levels I mean, almost everyone. I I work with financial professionals in my life. Um, we don't know it all. I think there's so much because of what a financial coach will do is to help you learn to think differently, help you think outside the box, help you get to different answers rather than just what we know. Um, now, there's definitely people who are highly skilled, read it ton or very into personal growth and development. And if they're into that in the financial area as well, that's great. Um, but I honestly, I think that everyone in almost every level, because we're talking about different life events and changes, there's so many challenges, changes and growth opportunities that somebody can benefit from. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. All right. So here's the moment I've been waiting for, uh, we've all been waiting <laughs> for, and that is, uh, I'd love for you to share. What's the biggest secret that you want to share today? What's that one thing that you wish every founder, leader, business person, high income earner that was listening today knew? Honestly, it's, it is going to sound really simple, but um, it's that it doesn't have to be that hard. <laughs> Money can be incredibly freeing. And it's so often that we look at thinking we have to make more, to have more, to do more, to be more. And it can be so freeing when you know your numbers. And, and it sounds cheesy and it sounds simple, but it's just not. Um you know, a lot of people, and I, I work a lot of clients and we get through asking for a raise and getting a raise. And so they may go from 6,000 a month to 10 or 12 or more. And they instantly, we, we see it right away. They get caught up in that that lifestyle like, ooh, okay, oh, back, back up now, Sally. So I think the biggest secret is just knowing that it doesn't have to be so hard. You can really get into it. You can somewhat set it and forget it. Once you dig into it, it's a process. You might take four or six months setting things up and really learning, but um, automating your finances and being financially free, whatever that means to you is amazing. Yeah. 
there's and there's something and I, I want folks to really grasp this because um I, I mean I ran a bookkeeping firm CPAs are wonderful people uh but a lot of times folks can go to the CPA and think that's it from the financial side right and and oftentimes what you see is a pretty big rift between how a CPA sees the world and how a visionary entrepreneur sees the world right <laughs> and it, it's just really challenging and, and frustrating and one of the the biggest aha moments for me as a business owner was recognizing the difference between financial accounting and managerial accounting, right? By preparing your taxes and your PL for the tax man versus making high quality decisions for the health of your organization. And so much of the financial world, if we're not careful, that we, we kind of know and intuitively tap into doesn't have this profit first idea. It do, it's not about how we make decisions. It's about reporting on what has already happened. And I think that's a point of frustration and and quite honestly confusion for a lot of folks because they look at a PL like I can't write, I don't understand this thing, right? But I love mm-hmm. the way that that you know folks like yourself break it down and and your your point of it doesn't have to be hard, right? It really can be simple is something that most people would not hear from a financial professional, right? Most people would right. hear, oh, it's complicated. There's tax strategies, there's all this. So I love that you went there. I think it's so important. And and I love the work that you do uh, and and hope that folks can really hear that because there's something special about it. Yeah. Uh, now, in, in that vein, I'd love to shift gears actually a little bit with us and have you take off your advisor hat, your coach hat, and have you put on your CEO hat and talk to us a little bit, You know, if you kind of get down in the ring uh, with the rest of us and, and talk about what the next phase of growth looks like for you, your business, and what challenges you think you'll have to overcome to get there. Sure. So I'm really excited about this. I actually have been through the process the last six months of hiring my first financial coach. So um, going from solopreneur to I have an incredible vision. My business is 100% about impact. It's the number one core value. And it's about impact in not just what I can do, but in those business owners' lives, in what their businesses then make impact in their communities, what kind of impact that leads for future generations, what that impacts in their families once they get their money straight. So it's such this trickle-down effect that I was being very selfish, and this came out by my own coach, that in in saying that, well, I just want to stick to being a solopreneur and, and just doing what I do, and I'm very content with the, the life that I have and the business I have. So um, I have a new coach. Her name is Christy, and she's in week two of training right now. Um, so she is going to be doing all personal finance to get started. She has been 10 years in as a um, a financial counselor actually. So it's a little bit of a switch of a role, but she's got so much great experience. And it's just, I'm so excited to bring her to the table. And what that's going to allow me to do is to serve our business owners really well and continue to do that. But I'm looking forward to creating some new programs, a few more long-term group coaching programs so that I can serve the smaller business owners as well as those medium um, to larger size, small. There's, you know, small is a relative word. We all know that. Um, But I want to be able to serve more people in more ways. And so my year is going to be able to be continued to focus on growing her. and then development of new programs. And I do see more than just Christy on board in the future. So challenges, I mean, they're already proving to be all over true. I've learned all these systems. I put these things in place, but some of them were in my head, Scott. I had to get them all out into boards and training programs. And I'm still like, oh man, I didn't do that yet. Um, You know, just changing those systems to be a single user to a multi-user 
so many technology challenges that I'm coming up against specifically right now, but I know that there's going to be more than that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, it's, it, it's hard. That first hire is a tough one, right? There's a lot riding on it. You're typically not very good at hiring because it's your first hire, you know? And, and, uh, and so it's, it's this whole swirl and you can see it in just the way you're describing it of like, wonderful. I don't have to be the one doing all this anymore and terrible. I got to manage the person who's doing all of this. And, right? and yeah, there's, there's so much more work before there's less work. Uh, so it's, it's fun seeing that you know, come to life and I'm excited, uh, for, it, uh, for you and, and that opportunity. Um, now as we're talking, I'm sitting here thinking like there are folks listening that just absolutely, absolutely need help here. So uh, someone's saying, hey, I want to lead a more profitable business. We're recording this around the end of the year. It's going to uh, air a little bit later, but it's the time of year when folks really start thinking of like, uh, you know, how profitable were we? Oh, shoot. Now we have to pay taxes. Uh, and and it's just in front of everyone's mind. So yeah. how can folks find more about what you do and uh, and your work? Absolutely. So my website, financialfitnesscoaching.com is, you know, filled with tons of resources, more information. If you're interested in Profit First specifically as part of your cash flow processes, you can download the first couple of chapters absolutely free, set up a call. We can talk about it more and what that would look like specifically in your business. Um, but just to learn more and get grasped and little money tips and stuff like that, I'm super active on Instagram. Um, I have all the other channels, but you're not going to find me as active as I am over there. So excellent, excellent. Well, uh, check out Kristen's uh, content both on her website uh, and also, uh, and it's it's financialfitnesscoaching.com. Is that right? I remember that correct. correctly. Yep. Yeah. Correct. Financial fitness coaching. We'll add it in the notes for anyone uh, who who wants to to check out more and find her on Instagram. Uh, be fantastic. Uh, so, Kristen, thanks so much for being here. It was just an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. Been great of to talk course. with you. Of course. And for everyone listening, thanks for being here. Uh, we just love the opportunity to spend time with you. Can't wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.